Lord this morning. I'm so excited to uh, minister today. I'd like to turn your attention to the book of Psalms, the first Psalm. Uh, we are in the middle of a, it's more, I, I want to say series, but that, that doesn't qualify it truthfully uh, exactly what it is. It's more than that. We're in the middle of a, a, an identification of who we are. And, uh, and, and God is taking us on a journey as a congregation. And I feel the closeness of God. I feel the closeness of God. These are more than sermons. These are more than sermons. These are, these are marching orders from heaven that he is giving to us concerning our work in this city. You know, God didn't just, God didn't just lead us, but, but, but he called us to this city. And he didn't just... Uh, and he didn't just bring us to this city, he planted us in this city. And I've talked about how God called me, and, and I want you to be aware, God didn't just call me, he called you. And he called us, the Bible says he calls us together. And so that's what we're experiencing. And we talked, the first Sunday of the year, the message was it starts with a seed. The second message of 2018 Sunday morning was rooted and grounded in love. God is building a tree of life in this city. And today we're going to look into the word of the Lord and read from Psalm 1 verse 1. The word of the Lord says this, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Hallelujah whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And by the help of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to be preaching to you on this subject. We shall be like a tree. We shall be like a tree. I'm going to ask us to pray this morning, and I'd like for us to pray two prayers, two kinds of prayers. One, I'd like for us to pray that God will open up our hearts and open up our minds. And then I'd like for you to extend your hand to me and pray for me particularly as the Lord ministers his word through his vessel today. Could we do that? Let's pray that God will open up our hearts and our minds in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, your word is searching for good ground upon which to fall and be planted and rooted and grounded and grow. Lord, I pray that my heart will be prepared. My spirit will be opened up to your word, Lord. That the hearts and the minds and the spirit of every individual hearing my voice would be opened and receptive to the word of God. Your holy word, your holy word, your holy word. We crave it, Lord. We crave it, Lord. Make us like you, O oh God. Make us like you. And I pray, Lord, specifically for me as I preach I pray that you'll let your anointing flow through me. I pray that you'll let the words of your word to come forth with clarity, continuity, 
power. Hallelujah. Lord, your word is spirit. Your word is life. Let it quicken us together. Let it cause us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We thank you for this and we pray these things in your precious name, the matchless name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. The book of Daniel, chapter 4, contains an amazing scriptural account. This account has to do with the life of a man by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was one of the world emperors. He, he had an empire that stretched around the world, of the then known world. Of course, his uh, empire was based in Babylon, and we call it the Babylonian Empire. It was based in what is modern-day Iraq. Nebuchadnezzar had forcefully conquered many lands, and of course, because of the day in which he lived, kings were seen to be like gods. And even his name, Nebuchadnezzar, was connected to the Babylonian uh, deities that they worshipped, the pantheon of gods. And so in Daniel chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And Daniel uh, provides an account of this dream in his book. Daniel had a unique relationship with Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel, the Bible says, had an excellent spirit in him. He exceeded and was superior to, to others in the empire of Babylon. And because of his ability to hear from the Lord and to not only interpret dreams, but to know the dreams that somebody dreamt, particularly Nebuchadnezzar, in Daniel chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar had dreamed a dream that, that had not, he couldn't register or remember what the dream was, but he was troubled by it. He called together his astrologers, his magicians, his soothsayers, the Chaldeans, and demanded of them not only the interpretation, but he needed them to tell him what he had dreamed to start with. And they couldn't do it. Daniel was different. And just before Nebuchadnezzar ordered the execution of these others, somebody said, wait, don't kill them. There is someone of the Hebrew captives and the spirit, they falsely labeled it, the spirit of the gods is in him. And so Daniel walked into the room and he said, Nebuchadnezzar, the dream you had upon your bed, the visions of the night that came into your head are these. And he began to explain to him what it was that he had dreamt and it came back to Nebuchadnezzar and then he gave him the interpretation and that sealed the deal. Daniel was, was kind of larger than life in Nebuchadnezzar's estimation. And so in Daniel chapter 4 he had another dream. In this dream he saw a great tree, a great tree whose height reached 
the height of the heavens. Daniel chapter 4 verse 10. Thus were the visions of my head in my bed. I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth and the height thereof was great. The tree grew and the tree was strong. The height thereof reached unto heaven and the sight thereof to the end of all the earth. The leaves thereof were fair and the fruit thereof much and in it was meat for all. The beasts of the field had shadow under it and the fowls of the heaven dwelt in the bows thereof and all flesh was fed of this great tree. I saw in the visions of my head upon my bed and behold a watcher and holy one came down from heaven. He cried aloud and said thus, hew down the tree, cut off his branches, shake off his leaves and scatter his fruit. Let the beasts get away from under it and the fowls from his branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump of his roots in the earth, even with a band of iron and brass and the tender grass of the field, and let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let his portion be with the beasts in the grass of the earth. And he awakened from that dream, and he was troubled by this dream. He didn't know why, he didn't know what it meant, but he began to be troubled by it. He called Daniel as he had before and said, what in the world does this dream mean? What what is going on in my head? I see this great tree and, it, and its branches spread out over all the earth and there's meat for all and the beasts of the field find shadow under this tree and it is a magnetic force that, that provides sustenance for all and then all of a sudden out of nowhere there's a watcher that descends from heaven and pronounces judgment upon that tree Hew it down, cut off the branches, scatter the fruit, shake off the leaves, and leave nothing but a stump of roots in the ground. What does this mean? And Daniel, for one hour, the Bible said he was astonished for one hour. I imagine that that either means that he did not know for an hour what it was, that he was seeking God for the interpretation, or perhaps it even means that it was so stunning, the interpretation, that for one hour he couldn't even really bring himself to describe the interpretation. Either way, it took him one hour to start talking. And he said, Nebuchadnezzar, here's the, here's the problem. It's about you. It's about you and it's about your kingdom. It's about your empire. You have sought to become this, this great tree that stretches out all across the world and you want to be everybody's savior and you want all to be drawn unto you and all to be uh, directed toward you and to flow unto you. And he said, and, and, and it's, it's getting to your head and your, 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 your pride is out of control and the judgment of God is going to come upon you. And the Bible says that that's exactly what happened. After Daniel described this occurrence, I don't know if Nebuchadnezzar believed it. I do know how much he esteemed Daniel. So he probably thought if Daniel said it, it's going to be. But the Bible says that, that at the end of 12 months, Nebuchadnezzar walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. And, 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 and folks, there's something about hearing the word of God. It convicts your heart. It pricks your heart. It gets down deep into your soul. But, but if you go a little while without hearing the word of the Lord, you can forget what the Lord spoke to you. 
And at the end of 12 months, Nebuchadnezzar had kind of let that whole feeling pass from him. And the Bible says that he walked into the palace of the kingdom of Babylon and the king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. While the word was in his mouth. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know this morning that God never intended for man to be the tree of life. God never intended for man's government to be the tree of life. One dictator after another has stood up to say, I will take control of the masses and I will, I will show them what is the right way and I will make them servants unto me. One political ideology after another, one philosophy after another saying that there's some utopia that we are ebbing toward and all of it is lies all of it is deception because folks this isn't about one man and this isn't about one group of men and this isn't about a political ideology and this isn't about man's government government isn't the answer man's wealth and man's power isn't the answer the arm of man's flesh is not the answer the tree of life will not come through man's abilities, but it will come through the Lord Jesus Christ. And he plants his church in the earth, hallelujah, to stand as a tree of life, grafted in with him who is the true vine. And folks, it starts with a seed. We talked about the fact that when Jesus was crucified on Calvary's cross, and deposited into the earth as a broken seed. He went down into that burial place and that seed broke open not to be kept in that tomb forever, but he rose from the dead triumphant. And when he rose from the dead, all of the healing that was in him burst forth from him. And all of the authority that was in him burst forth from him. And his power over every sickness and over every sin and over every spirit burst forth from him. And roots began to go out into the earth. Hallelujah. And he was rooted as the church, the body of Christ in the earth. It starts with a seed. We have been planted in Cincinnati, Ohio as a seed which is the word of Almighty God planted into this ground and the roots break forth from that seed and those roots begin to travel it all that all happens underground see it's not even something that you've been able to see with the naked eye you can't see it because it doesn't come to the surface just yet all of that is happening underground i want you to know that what you've experienced in life is all God doing something in you underground. What you've experienced in your walk with God, trying to serve the Lord, trying to live for the Lord, 
the fellowship of his sufferings, all of it. It's something that has taken place underground and the seed has been planted and the seed has broken open and the roots have been traveling unknown and undetected by human visualization. I want you to know not only has that seed gone down into the earth, I want you to understand there are some seeds that are still in this city. Seeds that have been planted over 93 years of this congregation's existence. Seeds of prophecies that have been declared. Seeds of sermons that have been preached. Messages that have come straight from heaven and deposited into the heart and the soul of this city. And those seeds lay under the ground just waiting for somebody, hallelujah, to pray and fast and disturb that ground and break up that fallow ground weep tears hallelujah of intercession and travail over that ground and I'm going to tell you there are going to be seeds break open all over this city seeds that were planted into people's hearts that they don't have a desire right now to serve the Lord but there was a seed planted maybe in a Sunday school class there was a seed planted maybe in a revival service there was a seed planted maybe in a Bible study but it was planted nonetheless it might have even been planted in a casual conversation at work but it was planted and I'm going to tell you lay under the ground waiting for the church waiting for the body of Christ to break up that fallow ground and cause that seed to break open and then when that seed breaks open the roots are going to come from that seed and those roots are going to travel they're going to travel far and they're going to travel deep hallelujah and wrap themselves around those anchors of God that cause the tree to stand the test of time roots wrapped around the word of God roots wrapped around the love of God roots wrapped around the power of God see we're not rooted and grounded in just any old thing we're rooted and grounded in the love of God we're rooted and grounded in the blood of Jesus Christ we're rooted and grounded in his grace is sufficient for me we're rooted and grounded in hallelujah he has not given us the spirit of fear but of love and of power and of a sound mind we're not rooted and grounded in personality and we're not rooted and grounded in people we are rooted and grounded in he will never leave us nor forsake us we are rooted and grounded in the name of the Lord is a strong tower the righteous run therein and are safe hallelujah it's a solid foundation it's a solid foundation we're rooted and grounded in hero Israel the Lord our God is one Lord and him only shall you serve and you shall love him with all of your heart mind soul and strength and you shall love your neighbor as yourself we're rooted and grounded in these things hallelujah that's what's been happening for many years now seed planted and roots breaking open and traveling under the surface wrapping themselves to the rocks that cannot be moved wrapping themselves around the pillars that cannot be shaken that's why folks can leave the church and the church still stands 
That's why folks can attack the church and the church still stands. That's why folks can backbite, but the church still stands. That's why a wind of doctrine can blow through that's false and heretical, but the church still stands because we're rooted and grounded in the things that cannot be shaken. Hallelujah. And what's happening now is those, those roots have gone out and what, what, what is going on underground is bursting through the surface as a tender plant. Hallelujah. As a root out of dry ground is bursting forth from the surface. And all this stuff that's been going on under the surface, all of this deepening, all of this praying, all of this preaching and fasting and laboring, all of this weeping, it's bursting forth from beneath the surface, coming up above the surface. And God is anointing us, hallelujah, to be a tree of life. And it's not going to be like Nebuchadnezzar's tree because no man is going to get the glory and no woman is going to get the glory and no people are going to get the glory no flesh will glory in his presence all glory be to God all hail the power of Jesus name let angels prostrate fall bring forth a royal diadem and crown him hallelujah lord of all we have to understand no this this is not talking even about us when we look at this passage of scripture that we that we read in psalm 1 the bible says blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season his leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper see ladies and gentlemen we're not we're not man's government we are the church of the living God we are the body of Jesus Christ we are the bride of Jesus Christ and he's making us like a tree hallelujah I said he's making us like a tree because we have the message that saves to the uttermost we have the message that feeds the hungry we have the message hallelujah that reaches down not just to the uttermost but to the guttermost we have the message that can reach down into any pit it doesn't matter how low how depraved how deprived how wounded how messed up I'm going to tell you that the gospel of Jesus Christ can reach into any soul any spirit any heart any mind and heal that You say, I've been to every psychiatrist. I've been to every psychologist. You say, I've been to every professional, every therapist. All right, since you've tried everything else, you ought to try Jesus. I said, you ought to try Jesus. Listen, there's a reason I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation.
Those that roll their eyes are those who haven't tried it. Those who shrug their shoulders are those who haven't tried it. Those who yawn are those who haven't tried it. Don't tell me that you can come out of a sweet hour of prayer where you're banging on the door of heaven and you're weeping before God. You do that before you tell me there's nothing to this. You won't be able to do that and then walk out of that saying there's nothing to this because somewhere in that shut in place with God, you're going to touch the hem of his garment and his virtue will flow through you. Hallelujah. You say, I've tr- I have tried it. You may have tried religion. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus. Now, now see, we look at this and the scripture says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. So let me just tell you real quick. We need to not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. If you want to be blessed, don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. The antithesis of that is also true. If you want to be cursed, walk in the counsel of the ungodly. If you want to be blessed, don't go standing in the way of sinners. If you want to be cursed, Stand in the way of sinners. If you don't want to be, if you want to be blessed, don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Laughing everything of God to scorn. Now if you want to be cursed, then by all means go sit in the seat of the scornful. If you want to be blessed, then delight yourself in the law of God. If you want to be cursed, don't delight yourself in the law of God. If you want to be blessed, then, then delight in his law and meditate in it day and night. If you want to be cursed, then don't meditate on it day and night and meditate on something else. But I'm talking about if you want to be blessed. Oh, hallelujah. See, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about self-motivation. I'm not talking about a prosperity doctrine. I'm talking about the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich and addeth no sorrow and gives you the stuff that thieves can't steal, gives you stuff that moth and rust cannot corrupt, gives you stuff that can last for eternity. That's the blessing of the Lord. And what happens to this person? He shall be like a tree. Planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I'm going to read on because it's something interesting that happens here in verse 4. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Did you notice something? In Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3, he describes it as a singular person. His delight is in. He shall meditate day and night. He Blessed is the man. But when he started talking about the ungodly, he said the ungodly are not so they. See, because when he's talking about the blessed man, he's only talking about one man. See, this looks like a lot to you and I. We look at this and we're like, man, if I got to be blessed, how in the world, how in the world am I going to do this? I got to, first of all, I got to walk not in the counsel of the ungodly too late. I've already taken so much ungodly advice. It's messed me up. Wow, I wish I would have read this when I was two. 
We look at it and it seems intimidating. It seems like we could never do it, but that's what you got to understand. This isn't about us. This is about Jesus. I'm going to say that one more time. This isn't about us. This is about Jesus. Hallelujah. You've got to know what this is saying. See, see, we, we can't make the mistakes of the Pharisees. The Pharisees looked at the Old Testament. Folks, they could quote the Old Testament better than we can quote the Old Testament. They could quote even those, even those scriptures of Leviticus that you kind of rush through in the bread program. And they could quote those things. And so they know this Old Testament inside and outside. But, but Jesus corrected them, rebuked them, and said, you need to search those scriptures. You know those scriptures you can quote better than anybody else you need to search those things because in them you think you have eternal life and you think you can dot these i's and cross these t's and you're missing the whole point of the old testament because the old testament scriptures are they that testify of me I want to explain this very thoroughly. Jesus is telling them, you think the Old Testament is a requirement for you. And so you try your best to live up to it. And and if you can't, then you just paint yourself as though you have and are a hypocrite. And then you begin to look down on others who aren't and can't. And you don't even realize that these Old Testament scriptures are pointing to me, Jesus said. I am the fulfillment of the Old Testament. So let's read this again in Psalm 1. Blessed is the man. What man? That man. Christ Jesus. That walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor standeth in the way of sinners. Nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. His light is in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night he shall be like a tree he shall be planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season his leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper All through the Old Testament. I mean, these are intimidating scriptures. Psalm 15. Look at Psalm 15, verse 1. There's a question the psalmist asks. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? Here it goes. He. There's an answer to that question. He. It's not some random old Joe Schmo from Kokomo. That's me. He's not talking about me. He said, he that walketh uprightly, he that worketh righteousness, he that speaketh the truth in his heart. Folks, what I'm trying to tell you is he's not, he's not setting some impossible prescription for you to satisfy. He is prophesying that there is someone coming who's going to go back to the tree of life that you and I were barred from, that you and I were banned from. He is going to make it past the flaming sword of the angel and he's going to walk back into an area on our behalf that we cannot get to on our own. I'm going to tell you something. Can we all just be honest? This ain't talking about us. Not in our flesh. Okay, you ready? Everybody's about to be disqualified. He that walketh uprightly. Some just fell off the wagon. Worketh righteousness. Uh Uh-oh. 
Some others, grab them quick. Speaketh the truth in his heart. Not his mouth, his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue. Uh Uh-oh. Now we know it's not talking about us. Nor doeth evil to his neighbor. Nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. In whose eyes a vile person is contemned. But he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt. And here it is. And changes not. Now I know who that's talking about. Because he said I am the Lord. And I change not. his money to usury nor taketh reward against the innocent he that doeth these things shall never be moved it's Jesus it's testifying of Jesus Psalm 24 he goes on to say hallelujah still the questions are coming in Psalm 24 he says in verse 3 who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord who shall stand in his holy place and here comes here's there's an answer and it's not random he didn't say if you'll do it he said there's coming somebody who will and you need to watch for him because it's going to be he that hath clean hands and he that hath a pure heart who hath that's, that's not you and that's not me see what we do as Pharisees is we read that and we say okay who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord or who shall stand in the holy place I want to hear this because that's where I want to be a holy place in the hill of the Lord oh he that hath clean hands and a pure heart there you go that's all I got to do I got to go clean my hands and purify my heart so I go grab a filthy fleshly rag of unrighteousness self-righteousness you know when the Bible talks about our righteousness being as filthy rags that's not even talking about our self-righteousness it's talking about the good stuff we do the best stuff you've ever done is filthy compared to the purity of God. You know that stuff that you pat yourself on the back for? That stuff that you really feel like, I hope they notice because that was really good of me to do. I didn't have to do it, but I did. That stuff is filthy and fleshly and unclean and vile in respect to the purity of God's holiness. So what we do is we go grab a filthy fleshly rag of righteousness and we start trying to clean off the junk on our hands the blood on our hands and the filth on our hands and try to clean the sin stains off of us and 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 when we're done it's dirtier than when we started because it's not talking about our righteousness he that hath clean hands and a pure heart who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity nor sworn deceitfully he shall receive the blessing from the lord and righteousness from the god of his salvation This is talking about Jesus. Search those scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life, but they are they which testify of Jesus. And you so and eat. The Bible says that he shall be like a tree of life. It's talking about Jesus shall be like a tree of life. Now let's let's look at the obvious. I'm not preaching he shall be like a tree of life. I'm preaching we shall be like a tree. So, Pastor, why are you saying it's going to be he shall be like a tree, but you're preaching we shall be like a tree? This is why. Because Paul explained 
that by the mercy and by the grace of Almighty God, He took us who were wild branches, unclean, undone, ungodly, ignorant, stubborn, rebellious, defiant. Every one of your problems have come from those character traits in your spirit. Your rebelliousness has got you where you are. Your stubbornness, your idolatry and adultery and uncleanness, that's what's brought you to where you are. And God, in his love and in his mercy, reached over and grabbed those wild branches, pulled them over to he who is like a tree. Jesus said, I am the vine. You know what I think is awesome, ladies and gentlemen, that our church for years was on Vine Street we didn't even know what was going on but there were roots happening right there that are shooting up into the heavens right now Jesus said I am the vine and you are the branches he said I'm going to take those wild branches and I'm going to graft 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 them into the tree so ladies and gentlemen this isn't about me Psalm 24 he that hath clean hands and a pure heart it's about Jesus Jesus is the tree Jesus is the vine but God who is rich in mercy picked me up out of my sin and out of my struggle and he grafted me to he who is the tree of life and he held me. He held me close. He wouldn't let me go. He held me close. Hallelujah. And I got so close, I was grafted in to where the nature of God began to pull me in. Hallelujah. And that joint where the grafting had occurred was strengthened. And I became a part of the vascular composition of the original tree. And everything that was flowing up from the root system of God that went into the life of Jesus Christ is now flowing into me. And now by the grace of God, I shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season whose leaf shall not wither and whatsoever I do shall prosper. No, I can't take credit for one good thing. Any good thing that comes from you or from me, it comes from the root system we've been grafted into. It's not about us. It's about him. And so Isaiah prophesied. Jesus confirmed in the book of Luke that this prophecy was absolutely directly related to his ministry on earth. And he said this. He said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. See, that's us. He's telling us what he came to do for us. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. That's what Jesus came to do. To proclaim liberty to the captives. Is that anybody here? Do you remember when he proclaimed liberty to your captive heart? Do you remember when you were sitting in the chains of your own addiction? When you were sitting in the chains of your own disease? The chains, hallelujah, that held you in bondage? But Jesus 
came by the spirit of the Lord to proclaim liberty to the captives to bind up the brokenhearted, to preach good tidings to the meek the opening of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God he came to comfort all that mourn and here it is this is why to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes I, I mean that's all I had was ashes all I have is the burned up residue of everything I tried and failed at doing ashes and he said you give me your ashes and I'll give you my beauty look what else he came to do the oil of joy for mourning look what else he came to do for the spirit of heaviness he gave us the garment of praise you give me your spirit of heaviness and I'll give you the garment of praise and here's why all of that here's why he came to bind up the brokenhearted. this is why he came to proclaim liberty to the captive this is why he came to comfort all that mourn this is why he came to give beauty for ashes and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness and the oil of joy for mourning here it is Isaiah 61 and verse 3 that they might be called trees of righteousness the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. That's why. That's why he saved you. To make you a tree of righteousness. That's why he saved you. To make you a tree that brings glory to his name. And you say, well, that's great. That's a good little analogy, Pastor. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm a tree. Sometimes we get, we get into the thinking that, that we aren't really as equipped for God's work and service as what we actually are. See, see, God doesn't have to make you into some exotic tree to do any good. See, there he put, when he made you a tree of righteousness, he put healing in your leaves. He put healing in your branches. He put healing in your words. Hallelujah. See, see, trees produce oxygen. You know that? Trees produce oxygen. I had somebody tell me recently concerning my father. They, when he came to Kokomo, Indiana, one of the saints of God in that congregation uh, that was there when he got there, they had been through a lot of trouble, a lot of turmoil. And, and they told me, they said, we remember when your dad came to pastor the church. And they said, when your dad walked into the room... And, 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 and we had been through so much and there was so much difficulty and he walked in to take the church she said it was like a breath of fresh air see that's a, that's a you know that's a little old adage that we say but what we're trying to explain is it was like somebody put oxygen in me and that's what the trees of righteousness do. The trees of righteousness absorb the carbon dioxide and they produce oxygen. See, when you walk into the workplace, you're not walking in as employee number 48. You're walking in as a tree of righteousness. And there's so much carbon dioxide, which is a toxin. It's a poison. And you hear it walking down the hall. Toxin, poison, negativity, profanity, lewdness, crudeness. 
it's all around you and then and then but 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 you absorb it absorb it absorb it absorb it take it in because what you're getting ready to produce in that office space is an oxygen that's going to bring fresh air that's going to bring See, because let me explain to you, ladies and gentlemen, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It was oxygen. It was oxygen. It was breathing life. But Jesus explained something about that wind. This is what he said. He said the wind blows where it wants to blow. And you can hear the sound. But you can't tell where it's going. And you can't tell where it's coming from. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. You're like the wind. You bring oxygen into the room. When you walk into that hospital room, you don't, don't listen. Don't underestimate the power of walking into a hospital room to pray for the sick. It's not just something the preacher needs to do. It's something the Holy Ghost filled, anointed vessels of God need to do. You walk into that hospital room. When you walk into that room, don't you know where you're going? You're going into a place where cancer is shouting as loud as it can, like Goliath on the valley of Elah, I'll feed your carcass to the fowls of the air. You're walking in, depression is at the door. Fear and doubt and anxiety and worry. But walk on in anyway as a tree of righteousness. Absorb that carbon dioxide and bring oxygen into that room. Declare the word of life. Speak the word of God. Declare that he is holy. Declare that he is worthy. Come on, I need those who have received the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Those who have received the oil of joy for mourning. Those that have been that broken-hearted person who was bound by the hands of God. To understand that he did all of that so he could make you a tree of righteousness. And you think, but pastor, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. You need some kind of bonsai tree no bonsai tree you need something that grows in the tropical rainforest someplace none of us have ever heard of that's what you need no you know some of the most healing of trees can grow in your backyard some of you got them in your backyard already the pine tree is a healing has healing in it it has I'm not talking about mystical I'm talking about natural properties that God put in the pine tree that can cure certain ailments. The elm tree, the oak tree, the cedar tree, the birch tree. It's in their branches, it's in their leaves, it's in the needles of a pine tree. See, we think we got to have some exotic super prophet to come in from some place in Asia Minor. 
and walk up into this place and lay hands on everybody. We don't even realize we got trees growing in this church. We got trees growing on these rows filled with young people. See, you see them as teenagers, but God sees them as trees of righteousness. He put healing in their words. He put healing in your hands. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, they can lay hands on you, confront every devil that's been tormenting you. You don't need some super prophet. You have the gift of prophecy. You have the gift of the Holy Ghost. You have it inside of you to declare what thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Then he called us to be trees, to breathe oxygen into the room. There's healing. There's healing in us. This is why we don't need to fret and get scared. When, when, we're, when we're broken or injured. Because all that does is allow healing property to ooze out. See, when they pierced Jesus' side, what came out? Blood and water. When you're healed of your sickness, what are you healed by? The blood of Jesus Christ. That's why we just began to sing, thank God for the blood. When you're healed of your sin stains, it's because of the blood of Jesus Christ. When you're injured and you're a tree of righteousness, don't let bitterness come out. Let grace come out. See, it's when somebody injures me that I have an opportunity to apply the healing balm of grace to their lives. When they want me to get red-faced and scream back, instead I'm going to apply the healing balm of God's grace. Hallelujah. On 7595 Montgomery Road, we were trying to build our parking lot. We had grown. God had blessed us, and we had already grown uh, and, uh, and we needed parking bad. We were par- people were, cars were sinking down into the mud. And, and we were like, oh my word, we got we to gotta create more parking spaces. And so we sought to do this. And we got a plan together and presented it to, to the township. And we had to have a hearing. And, and they sent letters to all of our neighbors. You know, just form, function, protocol. Meanwhile, when the neighbors got their letters, they fired off a letter. One of the neighbors fired off a letter to us. I read the letter. It was hurtful. They said, why would you ever endanger the environment by putting concrete down on that? They said, we like seeing the deer walk out into our backyard. And they said, they said, began to just kind of verbally come after us and told us we wouldn't be there long anyway to, to just, you know, just get a grip and not do it and, and that they were going to be there, we will be there, and we will be in opposition to what your plan is. And I thought, oh, man. And so it wasn't a bad hurt, but just, you know, my leaf got pinched a little bit. <laughs> it wasn't like a lightning strike, but, you know, like a, somebody stepped on my leaf. And, and, and you have an opportunity there. You can either, you can either get, but it depends on what seed is in you. See, if it's a root of bitterness that's been growing up in you, then there will be a toxin to come out. But, but if it's the seed which is the word of God, then a healing balm comes out. And this bothered me. It really bothered me. I thought, man, they're rough in this letter. This is going to be a horrible meeting. And we walked into Sycamore Township uh, meeting uh, and, and it was, we walked into the, the place where we were going to be having the meeting uh, 
there were several of our neighbors there. And the couple that had sent us the letter, I had never met them. And I said, Lord, what would you, what would you have us do? How, you know, I need you to work this out. And the Lord said, go talk to them. So I walked over to them and I thought, man, I don't even know if they want to talk to me. They seem pretty mad in that letter. So I walked over to them and I said, Lord, you just talk through me. And I said, well, hello there. How are you? You having a good evening? We're honored that you're here tonight. I said, we received your letter. And, uh, and I wanted to tell you, thank you so much for your interest in what we're doing as a church. And my belief is that somehow through the night tonight, we're going to be able to find a good resolution to what it is that we should do. And, and, uh, and we're just honored that you would come and show your support and be here. And, and uh, we're honored that you're our neighbor. And I walked away and I thought, that's what you wanted to say, God? Because I had some other stuff. I had some other stuff I had. God just wiped all that out of the notebook. And then when they got up to oppose, they said, well, you know, we came here and we were ready to oppose this. But they said, I guess it won't be that bad if, we, if there's a parking lot that goes in. And I guess the church needs it. And, and we would like to ask for just a few favors if we could. And we ended up bringing them over to the church, taking them on a tour, having a good evening with them. And the Lord just showed me, you know what? If you just let what's inside of you, if you just, yeah, listen, this is it. If you'll treat people the way I treated you, because folks, we've been offensive to God. And what did he do? He died so we could live. We've been hurtful to God. What did he do? He died so we could live. We've been abrasive with God. We wounded God. And what did he do? He healed us. He took our sickness and gave us healing. He said, if you'll use what I put inside of you, your leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever you do shall prosper. Hallelujah. See, God called us to be trees of righteousness. We, First Apostolic Church, hear me. We shall be like a tree in this city. Our leaf will not wither in this city. Now I'm prophesying in Jesus' name. Our leaf will not wither. And hear the word of the Lord. Whatsoever we do shall prosper. Whatsoever we do shall prosper. Whatsoever we do shall prosper. Hallelujah. I want every principality that's lined up against this congregation to hear ye the word of the Lord. Whatsoever we do shall prosper. Hallelujah. Zacchaeus needed to see Jesus. He needed to see Jesus. He was not able. The crowd was too thick. Zacchaeus' stature was such that he could not see over the crowd. And the Bible says, he went looking for a tree. I wonder if there's a tree here today that would look for the Zacchaeuses who something is preventing them. I don't know what's preventing them. Maybe it was a childhood tragedy. I don't know if it's a false teaching or false doctrine, but instead of getting mad at them, instead of responding tit for tat with everything they bring to you, instead of that, why don't you just spread your branches 
and say, climb up onto me and I'll let you see Jesus. Climb up onto my prayer life. Climb up onto my walk with God. Stand up on my branches. Can you see him? Can you see him? I'm going to tell you, if you hold them there long enough, they'll have an encounter with Jesus that'll change their life forever. Jesus will see them. Zacchaeus, today, salvation is coming to your house. The two main characters of that story are Jesus and Zacchaeus. But there is another role that needs to be played. And that's where we come in. We come to the Zacchaeuses of our city. Climb up onto us. And let us prop you up. Hallelujah. Somebody reach for him right now. Somebody reach for him right now. Somebody reach for him right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Come on, reach for him right now. Reach for him right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, all across this building, reach for him. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God's getting ready to do something in your life like you've never known before. Hallelujah. You have purpose. We have purpose. As the body of Christ, we have purpose. We are the trees of righteousness. Hallelujah. Planted by the rivers of water. Planted by the rivers of water. Bringing forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Hallelujah. There are people right here sitting under the sound of my voice. That you have sought to do something for God and the devil has waged war against you. And has made you feel. Like what you have sought to do for God will come to naught. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. It's about to flourish like you've never seen it flourish before. If you believe it, reach out your hand and receive it in Jesus' name. Come on, reach out your hand and receive it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, that's it, that's it. Open up your mouth. Open up your mouth and praise Him right now. Praise Him right now. Praise Him right now. Hallelujah. Go ahead, stand with me right now in the presence of the Lord. The Holy Ghost is in this place. The Holy Ghost is in this place. I heard somebody say, even the trees lift their branches. Even the trees lift their branches. No matter what's going on around them, even the trees lift their branches. Fall has come and the leaves have fallen off. But the trees lift their branches. Snow has come and ice has formed on the trees, weighing things down. But the trees lift their branches. There's coming a day when it will bud and blossom again. But keep lifting those branches. There can be sweltering heat, dry seasons. But the trees... Lift their branches. I wonder if there's somebody right now that can say, God, I believe that what you're going to do in my life is coming. It's coming. I accept it and I believe it and I receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, I need somebody in a dry season right now to come forward and say, I'm going to lift my branches anyway. I need somebody with ice 
forming all around your life. You feel so cold and so distant from anything that resembles growth or reproductivity. But lift those branches. Come on, that's it, that's it, that's it. That's it, that's it. That's it, come on, that's it, that's it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody, somebody else, somebody else, somebody else. Don't wait, don't wait, don't wait, don't wait. Don't wait. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. I need ministers to come and help me pray right now. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, that's it, that's it, that's it. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, that's it, in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord, that's it, come on, that's it. Come on, that's it, somebody else right now. The Holy Ghost is calling you, the Holy Ghost is calling you. The Holy Ghost is calling you. You're the God of this city. You're the King of these people. You're the Lord of this nation. You are. You're the light in this darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace to the restless.